Good morning, and welcome to Church in the Valley. Um, Randy wanted me to kind of give my testimony to begin with here today, um, just for those of you who don't know me that well. Um, I was raised in the church. We were Presbyterians as a child, went to church every Sunday, participated in youth group. I even as a teenager sang in the choir with my dad. But um, I found out early in life, I'm the oldest of four kids, and so my parents really didn't have a clue when they were raising me. And I found out early in life that I could make it through, through school without really having to put out any effort. I could get acceptable grades. And so that's what I did. I mean, I would much rather enjoy um, playing or, or doing whatever I wanted to do rather than have to study. And I found I could do that. And so I never really, never really had any push to, to strive for excellence. Um, when I turned 18, like most rebellious teenagers, I decided that I didn't need God. That God, to me, I, I grew up in the, the beginnings of the evolutionary period where everybody is trying to push evolution on us. And I decided at that time that God and Christianity and all religions were nothing more than mythology of the Greeks. And that we were advancing so fast that I was sure that within my lifetime um, there would be no, God, no, no reason for religion whatsoever, that science would have solved all our problems and we'd be fine. Obviously, that hasn't happened. <laughs> um, anyway, I lived my life that way for the next 25 years. I joined the Air Force, went to Korea, got married, had three kids, raised them the best I could, but um, never really gave any thought to God Whatsoever, I look back on my life now, and I know that God was pursuing me, and I was learning things that would help me later in life. But at the time, I didn't even have any deep thoughts about, you know, what, what is my purpose for being here, or anything like that. Um, through a series of circumstances, my first wife decided that she didn't want to be a wife and didn't want to be a mother anymore, and she kind of ran, ran off and left me to raise three teenage daughters by myself. Um, but even then, in my mind, oh, I can handle this. Don't worry about it. I can, I can make this work. And I didn't turn to God. Finally, God apparently lost patience with me and through a series of circumstances, woke me up. Um, I came to realize that I was nowhere near as smart as I thought I was and um, that I needed help. And one day I got down on my knees and I surrendered my life to him. Um, I was baptized, joined a church in Brea where I decided I needed to make up for lost time. I was 25 years away from God. I needed to find out who this God was, who Jesus Christ was, and how he was going to affect my life and how I was going to... to um, to serve him. So I joined every Bible study that was available. I bought books that were recommended to me and read books and spent a lot of time just trying to learn about Christianity and what was expected of me. Um, during that time, I met Kayla at church there. Um, after a couple of years, we got married. And Kayla went to work at Golden Gate Baptist Seminary. 
So one day in my quest, just on a whim, to learn more about God, I decided I need to take a class in Greek. Mind you, I've been out of school for, by this time, 30, 35 years. When I was in school, I had no idea how to study because I, did, I felt I didn't need to. I made it through with B's and C's without it. But in my mind, I thought, I need to learn Greek. So I took a class in Greek. I did okay in it and thought, you know what, I'm going to take the second semester. And so I did that. That turned into two semesters of Hebrew. And by that time, you know, I'm fully committed. So next thing you know, seven years down the road, um, I graduated last May with a master's in, in theology. Um, obviously, this is not me. because Anybody who knew me as a child would be shocked to find that I had a master's degree in anything, much less theology. Um, God wasn't finished with my education, though. A couple months after I graduated, I started with the Antioch program here at Church in the Valley. Um, a lot of you know what that is, but that's a five-year leadership program, and we just finished our first year in that. So, God willing, when I graduate from that, I'll only be 70 years old. I mean, you know, <laughs> just ready to jump out there and start. But that's enough about me. Um, we're in the middle of a series where we're taking, taking um, movies that are being presently shown, and we're looking at those movies and we're trying to find things within those movies that can help us to live a successful life. Last week we looked at Maleficent, um, and Randy, Randy showed that how if we let bitterness take control of our lives, it will ruin us and ruin the people around us. This week, we're looking at the edge of tomorrow. This is a Tom Cruise movie. Not one of my favorite actors, but Tom Cruise. Um, the Earth has been attacked by aliens. Okay? These aliens aren't just alien beings. They're like robotic, they're called mimic warriors. And they're controlled by a central nervous system hidden somewhere now in Europe. They came on meteorites and they crashed into the earth and, and took over all of Europe. They're poised to move from Europe and take Britain and somehow all the armies of the world join forces and decide they're going to attack them, not wait for them to come across the channel. They're going to go and attack them some like, something like we did in World War II in Normandy. Um, Tom Cruise was an ROTC officer. No combat training whatsoever. In fact, when he got out of college, he decided that he was going to start an advertising agency. When that failed, he fell back on this. He was a major in the, in the Army, but he was the information major. So basically, he was a pretty face that stood up there and rah rock and recruit people and... and um, he was the face of the military, but he had no combat experience whatsoever. He got thrust into this invasion, and he was going to be embedded with the, with the invading force, and he was going to report uh, back how progress was going, etc. 
But he was so scared, he didn't want to do that. He didn't want anything to do with this. And so when he landed in England and was in front of the, the commanding general, he lost, lost it completely. The general got mad at him, demoted him to private, stuck him in the invading force, and that's, that's where the movie starts. As he landed on the, on the shores, he's got all this robotic equipment that's, you know, that's a, the latest in military fighting machines, etc. He didn't even know how to turn the safety off on his weapon. And almost instantly, he was killed. But amazingly, as can only happen in Hollywood, he woke up again at the beginning of that day. He was doomed through, when he, when he died, he contacted one of the alien people there and killed him too. So he was in this time loop where every day went over and over again. If you've ever seen that movie Groundhog Day, it's something like that. Um, but he, every day he came back, he learned something so that each day he could get a little bit further in the invasion before he got killed. But every day he still got killed. Um, let's run the clip, please. I'm going to tell you a story. At first, it's going to sound ridiculous. But the longer I talk... We have to find the keys. The more rational it's going to appear. I can't believe you found coffee. You got it, right? Yeah. Hold on. Three. How many times have we been here? How many times? For me, it's been an eternity. The invasion will fail. We lose everything. I die within five minutes of landing on that beach, along with every other soldier. How did you do that? Come on! Come find me when you wake up. You do know what's happening to me. What happened to you happened to me. You hijacked their power. How do I control it? You have to die. Ah! Every day. Keep coming here and I'll train you. Again. Again. Your leg's broken. No, I'm good. Then you better start over. Oh, come on. I'm not a soldier. Of course you're not. You're a weapon. They want to conquer the rest of the world. Unless you change the outcome. We are not equipped for what's out there. What are you not telling me? It's going to be dark in a few hours. When curl up by the fire and open a bottle of wine. We should just respect. Whoa! As you can see, that's a rather intense movie. Um, 
Randy and I went to see it just as research this last Wednesday, and I was kind of sitting on the edge of my seat through the whole movie. Um, so what does that have to do with church life? Uh, as you can see in the trailer there, and as I've said, Tom Cruise dies, comes back to life, lives again, and each time he's able to learn from his previous experience and he gets further and further on. It's kind of like a video game. You know, in video games, you sit there and you play the video game until you fall off the cliff and then all of a sudden you go back and you start all over again. But each time you play, hopefully you're learning a little bit on how to avoid whatever the disasters are that come up and you can move from level to level to level going on up. In real life, though, we don't get do-overs, do we? Whether it's big decisions or little decisions, even just words that come out of our mouth, once, once it comes out, you can't really jump in front and pull it back in, can you? Um, I know I wish I could have some do-overs, both from big decisions and just from words I've said before. Um, I often... My mouth gets going before my brain's in gear, and I know you probably have experienced the same thing. What we do get, though, is we can choose a characteristic that will help us get through life, and we can learn from our mistakes. We don't get do-overs, but we do get a chance to do better. This, um, this characteristic, we're going to label that as teachability. Uh, Webster's defines teachable as capable of learning. Almost all of us are capable of learning in some degree or other. But here's the important part of teachability. It's also the willingness to learn. This is very important because we can all learn. We all have the capability of learning, but we have to choose to be able to do that. Now, there's two ways that we can gain wisdom. Okay? The first way is through experience. As parents... You've probably told your children over and over again things like, don't touch the hot stove. Okay? But it doesn't matter to a child how many times you tell them something like that. Most of the time, they'll still reach up just out of sheer disobedience and touch the stove when you tell them not to. Once they've burned their hand, though, that's probably the last time, hopefully at least, that they'll do that. Um, one of my favorite TV shows is the NCIS series. It's a crime investigation thing. Um, I love Agent Donoso. Those of you who have seen it know him. He's a sarcastic um, goofball who's always getting in trouble. And Agent Gibbs, who's the head agent, at least once in every episode, has to reach out and just smack him upside the head. I kind of see God that way, has worked that way through my life. Um, every time I've made a bad decision or a bad choice, he kind of reaches down and thumps me. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but there's a pseudoscience out there called phrenology. This is where people think that they can predict your behavior or your, your, uh, your attitude by reading the bumps on your head. Um, like I said, it hasn't gone very far, but... If I was ever put in touch with a phrenologist, I'm sure that I'd drive him crazy because of all the knots I have on my head from God thumping me. Well, we can learn from experience, like in the movie, 
But like I said, we don't get do-overs. Bad choices come with consequences, and often those consequences are physical or emotional pain. Um, if we continue to make bad choices, that pain mounts and mounts and mounts and becomes an endless cycle. And that's, that's no way to live. Luckily for us, though, there is a second way that we can gain wisdom. We don't have to learn from making mistakes. Proverbs 3, 1 through 2 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. In the movie, the, um, the armies of the earth relied on sat satellite imagery. Through satellite imagery, they thought they could see where all the aliens were and how they could best attack them, etc. Today, almost everybody has a smartphone and you have GPS on your smartphone. Um, my generation, it was the Thomas Guide. The Tom, I still have two or three of them from, I think, 1983 um, that aren't very good anymore, but since I don't know how to use a smartphone, that's my only resort. The Bible is somewhat like a GPS system or a map or the satellite imagery. The Bible, if we read it correctly and we study it, the Bible gives us a map of how we should act, what we should do to have a successful life. If we're teachable, well, the, the, throughout the whole Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament is filled with wisdom sayings, wisdom literature, things that we can learn from. Um, this wisdom literature, though, is concentrated in the Old Testament. There's actually a section of the Old Testament strictly devoted to wisdom. This includes the book of Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and even Job. If we, if we allow ourselves to be teachable and we dig into the Word, we can have a successful life just by following that. And we don't have to go through the pain that's associated with the bad choices that we make. However, if we ignore His guidance and we continue to make bad choices... Eventually, the pain will just consume us. Proverbs 12:15 says, The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. We've all done foolish things. Um, we should also listen not only to the Word of God in the Bible, but we should listen to wise people. There are plenty of wise people around you here, sitting right beside you, who are a little farther along in their walk than we are, and we can learn from them. Um, in my case, I'm learning that. Um, my wife, my doctor, my boss at work, my children, even my grandchildren. My granddaughter told me the other day, Papa... You're not 15 anymore. This, um, this hasn't quite taken root. Two weeks ago, we were over at a friend's house, and they were having a garage sale. And one of the items at the garage sale was a pogo stick. It was kind of slow, and everybody was busy doing something else. And I decided, you know what? 
I bet I could ride this pogo stick. Not only was it a pogo stick, but it was a child's pogo stick. Okay? So it's a little bit smaller than normal. And not only was it a child's pogo stick, but I was on a slanted driveway. Well, the first two hops were fine. But on the third hop, I kind of launched myself sideways into a table full of whatever they were selling at the garage sale there. Hit the table really hard, knocked everything over. On the table was a glass fish tank. Believe it or not, though, the fish tank fell on the grass and didn't break. And so I immediately jumped up, <laughs> picked everything up, put it on the table. Nothing broke except a rib. <laughs> Don't worry, though. It's been two weeks, and I think it's starting to heal. Um, the funny part about it was there was one woman there who was looking at all the stuff. When she picked herself up off the floor and stopped laughing, she grabbed that pogo stick and went and bought it. She said she was going to buy it for her husband. I don't know what exactly that has to do with anything, but I hope the guy survives. Um, here at Church in the Valley, we have what's called the heart attitudes. There are seven principles that we try to live by here at Church in the Valley. Um, in youth group, this last couple of months, we've been going over each one of these heart attitudes, um, trying to explain them to the youth and instill them in their hearts and get them to memorize them. Heart attitude number three says to give and receive scriptural correction. That kind of relates to what we're talking about here with, with learning from people wiser than we are or helping people who are a little further down the line than we are. This is what we mean by teachability, whether from God's Word or from wise people. So, what are some of the advantages we can take from reading God's Word and applying that to our lives? Genesis 1.26 said, then God said, let us make people in our own image to be like ourselves. They will be masters over all life, the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, all livestock, wild animals, and small animals. So, if we were created by God, and we were created in him, his image to be like him, where do you think we should go to learn how to, make, how to live a successful life? Wouldn't you want to go to the person who created us? That's not Dr. Dr. Phil. It's not Oprah. Not even Sigmund Freud. But if God created us, God knows how we tick. God has given us the Bible as an instruction manual. If we follow his word we can, too, have a successful life because he's the one who created us. Second, if we commit to learn ahead of time from God's word, we can avoid the pain of, of a lot of the mistakes that we make in trying to learn how to live. This, this goes all the way back, this rebellion goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Um, a two-year-old can be told to do something, or not to do something, over and over and over again. But a two-year-old 
will often, just out of rebellion, do exactly the opposite. That's why they call them terrible twos. If any of you have lived through that experience with children, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We can learn from our bad choices and the accompanying pain effects, but those bad choices, the pain that we receive, is also felt by those close to us. Our loved ones, though we are the ones who made the bad decisions and we are the ones who live through the pain, our loved ones are also affected by that pain. If we learn from God's Word, though, we can avoid the pain not only to ourselves but to our loved ones. We can often apologize and we can try to make amends to the people around us for what we do and what we say. But unfortunately, that we don't get that do-over. That never comes back completely. We can be forgiven, but still the sting of that pain is felt by others. Words once out of the mouth cannot be taken back. But if we live by God's plan, we're also better to witness to others. Those who, those who we are called to testify, give our testimony to, will also be more apt to listen to us if not only do we say how we should live, but if we act that way. Especially in raising children. Do as I say, not as I do. It's never an effective parenting tool. So, in conclusion, Romans 12.2 says, this is Paul giving advice. He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know that God want, what God wants you to be, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will is. So how can we increase our teachability? How can we submit to God and let him transform us? In the movie clip, Tom Cruise's character got do-overs all the time, and he could learn from those do-overs. It was painful. I mean, you know, you still have to die to get a do-over. But each time he learned, and in the end of the movie, of course, they blow up the controlling brain matter or whatever it was, and, oh, he gave the movie away. I'm sorry. <laughs> he saved Earth. You don't have to go see the movie now, I know. Um... God gives us a better choice. We don't get do-overs, but we do get a chance to do better. Bad choices lead to mistakes, but we can choose to repent, turn around, that's what repentance means, and go in a different direction. If we follow God's Word, um, if we read the Bible daily, we commit verses to memory that we see that will, will really affect us, and we just meditate on his word. If we do that daily, we can avoid a lot of these pains. If we trust God, he will guide us to a successful life. It's not easy. It's not, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. But remember, God is patient. I know this better than anybody else. I mean, 25 years he was chasing me, and I 
I continued to run from him. But finally, I can't tell you how changed my life is now uh, compared to what I was when I was running from him. If we show a willingness to be teachable, if we submit ourselves to teachability, God promises in his word that he will give us everything we need to lead a successful life. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we can learn from experience, though that's not the easiest way. But if we learn from your word, we can avoid mistakes that cause pain to us and to others. If we commit to learning things from your word, you will give us whatever we need and we will be teachable. We ask that you give each and every one of us this that you open our hearts to allow you to lead us in a successful and joyful life. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> we hope this has been a help to you today. Um, we want to take this time, if you have the connection card, to, to fill out any other information that you may not have filled out yet that you wanted to finish up on there. And uh, every week we look at next steps. Um, and we're going to do that right now. Next steps are basically practical ways to apply what we've, we've learned or things that may have been revealed to you today. And you're like, that's a good idea. How do I work this into the fabric of my life? So I want to take a look at a couple of next steps uh, that we have. These are suggestions. These may be one or two that you're interested in doing. Or you may have another one that came to your mind today. I'm going to really try to focus on this this week. You'll notice on the back uh, of the connection card, there's uh, my next step today is to do. And there's a couple of options there. Um, and they both have to do with God's Word. Uh, and I know in my life, there's been times where I feel like I've spent a month or two on maybe one or two verses, where the Lord just keeps bringing a couple verses that He's teaching me. And then there's other times where you may be reading a chapter or two a day, and you're just kind of blowing through sections of the Bible because uh, that's just where you are. But both of these things, whatever it is, I want you to know that there are, um, there's no right way to be getting into the Bible other than getting into the Bible and reading it. And the first thing here says, determine to consistently learn from God's Word. Um, and you may not know where to start. One suggestion would be to start with verses from, that are on your listening guide today and be rereading those verses this week. And if, you have, if you're really interested in a more in-depth way to study the Bible, you can mark that on your connection card and a staff member can get in touch with you and help you along with that as well. The other next step is to accept correction, uh, corrective instruction from God's Word or the wise. You can kind of circle either one of those through reading the Word. Um, God can use that to correct us. Or you can get advice from someone you trust, and they may say, well, I see you doing this, and this may be a better way to approach it. Or you may circle both and get advice from both of those this week. Um, right now, though, uh, we're going to receive our offering as the band plays, and you can finish filling this out and drop that in the offering. So let's continue in worship. Thanks.